Hey, everybody, and welcome back to For Real, the podcast about documentaries. My name is Special K. I'm joined once again, my buddy Matt. Matt, how's it going? Uh, it's going very well. I uh, Before we start, I'd like to just uh, send a special thank you out to Dylan, Page, Troy, and Treslin. Uh, you know, it was my 63rd birthday last week, and they got me a new microphone. So, you know, last week, about 1.14 a.m., I turned 63. 63, huh? 63. Uh, things are sagging where they never sagged before. I look like a silverback gorilla when I have my shirt off. It's it's all going downhill from here. You don't look a, you don't look I, a day over 70. I appreciate that. I, uh, I've also talked to both of our fans. Okay. And they suggested that we, you know, let our audience know that, you know, a little bit about ourselves. So, uh, me and me and special K have been, uh, very close friends for a long, long, long time. You know, I was best man at his second and third wedding. Uh, in return, he gave me the, uh, the talk about the birds and the bees, mm -hmm. which I appreciated. And I, I know what you're thinking. Did he have to show me crudely drawn photos of naked men with his picture plastered over their face and the answer to that is will we ever know you know did, did aliens build the pyramids is donald trump secretly a lizard man and did he have to uh draw his own photos when he's explaining things to me listen here's a reality i've never met this man in my life this is a complete stranger i found him on craigslist i put an ad out there um, looking for a, a, a you know sex. A, he was looking for sex, guys. Let's well, be honest. I was looking for a podcast co-host, and whatever comes of that comes of that. All right. I mean, I know in today's day and age, you got to be careful, but I just you know if if workplace relationships happen, they happen, and you just got to you know the heart wants what the heart wants, and so do the Listen, generals. Be, before this podcast started, he sent me a picture of his butthole. I'm just saying, I paid for it, so it was consenting. Onlyfans.com, uh, onlyfans.com slash for real podcast for exclusive butthole pictures. That's what we do for work. The podcast just just a side thing. So, we don't actually have jobs. Some podcasts do ads. Some podcasts do Patreon. Uh, some podcasts sell merch. Uh, we run a. Uh, I'm just gonna say a distasteful OnlyFans account. And, oh, it's uh, it's tasteful. No, I know it's no, it's distasteful. Whether you like the taste or not is up to you. All right. Whatever floats the boat. We also have a new section called cor the correction section. Mm. And that's where we talk about things that may have popped up from last week that we weren't sure about. And we researched or somebody said, hey, you guys are idiots. and You're both wrong. And we choose to acknowledge that. Uh, that wasn't the case this time. It probably won't be the case in the future because I don't like other people's opinions. All right. One of the questions... Uh, I remember at a certain point, Special K was really jumping down my throat about the fact that I said, I don't even know fish have buttholes. And uh, fish have said, buttholes, bro. Fish have buttholes. Actually, I researched this. All right. Fish do not have buttholes. Yes, they do. I've seen all a right? fish poop. I've seen, a, I've seen it myself in real life. I've seen a fish poop okay. out of a butthole. A lot of fish get rid of pee through a a tiny opening called a pore that's near the rear ends. And in some fish, waste also goes out through the skin or gills. So because fish don't have butts, you know, fish. step one leads to step two, which is fish don't have buttholes. Listen, call it what you want. Call it a little pore, call it a vent, call it whatever you want. If it's a hole at the rear, it's a butthole. For all intents and purposes, it's a butthole. Legally in a court of law, that'd be defined as a butthole. Uh, I, let's agree to disagree. I'm just saying, I don't... I, 
fish have buttholes. Se- right. Second, se- second one was, uh, do fish taste? The answer is yes. Yes, they do. They uh, taste just like we do, uh, but they can also taste things through their gills, which I think is an unfair advantage in the men versus fish war that's currently being waged in Japan. Well, and uh, the last, if they but- can, if they can taste, hold up, if they can taste, why do they eat such nasty shit? They eat like earthworms and stuff. If you can taste, why the fuck would you want to eat that stuff? Ask Marines, man. Marines are eat earthworms and weird shit. That's you're alienating a, uh, you're alienating some fans right now. We this podcast, I want on the record, we support our troops. Bring them home. I think they're already doing that. You can't, we can't use it as a catch anymore. Bring them home so we can send them somewhere else. Exactly. Send them. Let's let's bring them home so we can get involved in another pointless war on somebody else's terrain for no good reason than Listen, to make somebody else rich. I said, let's go back to the fucking jungle, bro. All right, we gotta we get our, too well the first time. We gotta get revenge. We gotta get revenge in the jungle. We're pretty damn good at the desert. We're pretty good in the European mountains and shit. We need, we need to get, we get redemption in the jungle. Rumble in the jungle, Vietnam the sequel. Let's do it. See, you said say we're pretty well. We do pretty well in the desert, but uh, statistically speaking, it's not necessarily true. How many of how, how many of what we can what is currently considered the bad guys over there have we killed versus how many have they killed of us is a question listen we've killed hundreds of thousands now bad guys that's subjective are we gonna count women and children i don't know but hundreds of thousands i'm gonna say that right now all right our kill death ratio is pretty fucking high Again, that's because that's because we we lose control of drones when they're dropping bombs i'm mean, not lose again lose control i don't know if that's the term but we're, we're pretty good. The problem is we got to like, we occupy, we play King of the Hill everywhere we fucking go. And then we can't hold shit. So if we just do a wham, bam, thank you, ma'am, you know, a little bump and run, get the fuck out of there. Can't be stopped. Can't be. That's, stopped. Fa- that's fair. That's fair. So that's, uh, what we, that's what we got to do in an old ma'am. Got to go back. Got to get our revenge. We got to show the world what we've learned. And, uh, uh, listen, right. uh, if I, I, I would just suggest that we just stop going places. It might be a good idea. And our last one, Buttholes. Oh, pain. Fish, do you feel pain? Fish feel pain. They don't feel it the same way we do, obviously, because uh, they're fucking fish, but uh, they do feel pain. They feel physical pain. They feel, I mean. Science, uh, hey, uh, science can't prove if they feel emotional pain. I mean, I, uh, I've never met a de- depressed fish. Well, exactly. My point exactly. But I've never met a happy fish either. Who knows? But how could you tell? Maybe you have. Maybe every fish you've met has been happy. I doubt it. I pulled some of them out by hooks in their faces. They can't be happy when I'm doing that. So I stand by everything we said last week. I have I have I zero know. zero corrections to issue. As a united front with my oldest friend of two weeks, I stand behind you. So let's get down to business here with the podcast. Yeah, let's get into let's get into this week. So this week we're going to start a new one called "The Sons of Sam: A Descent into Darkness." It is streaming now on Netflix. It was released on May 5th. Um, it was directed That's by... 2021. When 2021. Yes. After just... our 1,000th episode, when you're going back and you're like, what year was this? It's two, in the year of our Lord, 2021. It was directed what... by Joshua Zeman. Zeman. So one, one of these times I'm going to learn how to pronounce their names before I record... And I, can, I don't think that's necessary. And I can give these guys the respect that they're due. Let's just call them Zeman. Doesn't matter. Zeman it is. Um, so the synopsis for The Sons of Sam, A Descent into Darkness, 
is uh, the son of Sam Case. According to IMDb, I guess I should preface this. The son of Sam Case grew into a lifelong obsession for journalist Maury Terry, who became convinced that the murders were linked to a satanic cult. It is uh, four episodes long. Each episode is about an hour, I'd say. So I think a couple are a little under, a couple are a little over. So it's about four hours total. Yes, three hours and 59 minutes is the official runtime for all four episodes. So uh, we'll start with episode one. Uh, uh, let's, just, let's just state for the, you know, for the record, we're going to break this up into a two-parter, guys, because it's, a four, it's four hours. Actually, before we get started, let me ask you, Matt, what, prior to this documentary, how much or what did, what did you know, if anything, about the son of Sam, about uh, the serial killer? I knew he was a guy. Okay. Most are. Um, serial, serial killers, that is. And uh, that was about it. Okay. So you knew he was a guy. Did you yes. Know, did you know what city he was? Did you know what decade this was in? I think I, I knew he was in New York. I didn't know what decade he was in. I, I did went through a true crime little thing where I was like, you know, I was listening to podcasts. I was researching serial killers. For some reason, I never got to Son of Sam. Let me tell you, when I was watching this documentary, I'm not squeamish and I don't get creeped out very easily. But for some reason, this guy just just really creeped me out. I actually had nightmares after watching it. For some reason, like, I don't know why. I, you know, I watched the, the thing about the Night Stalker. I had no issues at all. I, I, you know, and he was, I feel like he was way gorier and more disturbed than Berkowitz, who was, spoiler alert, the, the guy, the killer was but for some reason uh this guy just really creeped me out uh yeah i mean i knew i knew who he was as far as like i knew his name was david berkowitz i knew it was in new york i knew it was in the 70s uh and i knew that it was mostly shootings like he just he was just shooting people i wasn't sure as far as like body count i wasn't sure on motivation i didn't know any of that backstory all i knew was son of sam was a guy who shot people in New York in the seventies. And I remember hearing something about a dog told him to do it. A neighbor's dog or something told him to do it. That was a, a thing I remember hearing, but that's all I knew going into this documentary. That's all I knew about this, uh, this, this case. So on episode one uh, and the synopsis for episode one is in August of 1977, the arrest of David Berkowitz ended New York city's wave of terror, but journalist Maury Terry believed there was more to the story. So the episode starts, it's narrated uh, by Paul Giamatti, actor Paul Giamatti, if you're familiar. He basically plays the, the voice, or he, he does the voice of Maury. So basically he's giving you Maury's uh, like internal dialogue or his thoughts throughout this whole documentary so far. Which, let me just say, great choice, because this guy, this guy should do uh, audiobooks for horror stories. Because his voice is so well suited to drawing you in to what's going on that it's just, it's, it's perfection. Yeah, I think it does a really good job. I think it does a really good job. I don't know what the actual Maury sounded like. I guess it doesn't matter, but so that's my, what... Oh, I was, I was just going to say my major complaint with, with Maury throughout this whole documentary, which covered the 70s, 80s, 90s, basically this guy's whole life. I didn't see a mustache at any point. And I mean, if you live through the 70s and 80s and you have a mustache, then fuck you. You weren't trying very hard. That's all I'm saying. All right. Well, I you think, know, I think a, it was a clean uh, cut. No, was... no, I don't want to. I don't hear clean cut. There's cops with huge handlebar mustaches and 
mustaches were a thing in the 70s and 80s. And if you don't have one, and he was always complaining about nobody respected him, nobody listened to his opinion. All I'm saying is, if he would have had a, a caterpillar across his lip, people might have listened. Well, look, I mean, there's something, there might be something to that. You know, David Berkowitz, no mustache. Richard Ramirez, no mustache. So, you know, we're seeing, we're seeing, we're seeing a link there. We're seeing a pattern. And they had to kill people to get attention. That's all I'm saying. So, so the episode starts uh, as 1976. Uh, it goes into basically like the, the state of the city of New York at the time. So in the, the late 1970s, New York was, for lack of a better term, an absolute shithole. It was crime ridden, prostitution was out of control, drugs were out of control, homelessness was just rampant. I mean, there's, the city was a hellscape. It was an absolute hellscape. It, they said that every one in 15 people were involved in a serious crime during this this time frame. I mean, I mean it was one in fifteen people. That is insane. Yeah, it was it was just it was an absolute just a shit show uh, in the late seventies in New York, and in the midst of this shit show in July of nineteen seventy six, uh, we have the first Son of Sam shooting. He shot his first victim in October that same year. Is the second shooting, the third in November, and so on and so forth. So the first episode here. Uh, it's gonna it's gonna get into basically the beginning and the first episode pretty much wraps up the entire investigation into the son of yeah. sam i mean they really kind of just bam 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 um go through it. i mean it's very dense like i said it's an hour long uh, you know one of the first things that i watching this they start talking about some of the police sketches and they have like they're interviewing some guy or they give some guy uh, he's a police officer or a detective or somebody and he says that Police sketches usually always look like the suspects. Uh, I don't know what. I've not found that to be true. I any any of the. I don't know that I, I don't know that I've ever seen a police sketch that looks like the actual suspect. To be honest, yeah. realistically, I don't think I've ever, not once in my life, seen a police sketch that was anything close to accurate. I, I, I really, I really don't, I really don't think I, I can remember a single one. I, I have a theory that police sketch artists that that whole program. Is just the state trying to fund art programs. It's like failed. It's like failed art students. Yeah, they're like, we need to get these guys a job, or they're gonna wind up being being criminals. Okay. All right, and clearly, they're not doing well emotionally as is. So let's give them a job, give them a couple crayons, and if you know they accidentally draw fucking Elmo when we ask them to draw a tall Hispanic man, that's fine. You know, we're not going to use this sketch anyway. Why does he have Hispanic, bro? For a tall Hispanic man? That's, I mean. I was just thinking Ramirez. Find me one of those. I was just thinking Ramirez. Was he tall, though? Yeah, I think he was tall. He was like this. He was really, I think he was like. Did he look, but but did he look tall because he was thin? I think he was just really thin. All right. That's going to be up next on the. We'll fact fact check that. So, uh, like I said, in this episode, yeah, all these, all these shootings start occurring and the media is super quick about linking pretty quickly, I guess you should say pretty quick about linking these shootings together. The media kind of realizes that there's, there's some kind of links here. These all seem pretty familiar just because the, the the modus is all similar. It's people, cops, the cops were pretty on, on point with that too. It was a 44 caliber revolver that the guy was using mm-hmm. he was walking up to car cars or people on stoops girls or young lovers and he was just brutally executing them or shooting them it, it, they said he shot 13 people and six died 
-hmm. but one of them was like blind and there's a couple that were paralyzed. I mean, that was a fucking monster. I mean, look with a 44 caliber revolver, dude, um, to only have killed six of the 13 people you shoot with that. I mean, that's incredible. Uh, for, those uh, people, for those listeners who don't know, a 44 revolver, that is a large caliber uh, pistol round. I mean, that is a yeah. beast it, of it, a fucking round. It flattens out when it goes through and makes a big hole on the way out. I mean, I I was looking at I was like, dang, so you're telling me that more than half the people that he shot survived? That's either dumb luck or this guy is the shittiest shot in New York. Yeah, and I mean, his his whole MO was, he I guess he just run up to people you know, so they said sit in cars wherever, shoot him quick and run away. So, I mean, he wasn't very tactical or tactical. Is that a word? That's a word. It was, you say it tactical? Is yeah, that's a word, right? Tactical? Tactif- tactical. What did Tac- I say? Did you say? I said, said tactical. tactical. I don't know, man. Whatever. Tactical. Well, not, he's not very tac- tactical. I said tactical. Oh, my God. He's not very tactical. He kind of <laughs> just ran up, shot, and left. You know what I mean? So, yeah. you know, but some people he shot a couple times and I think once he shot somebody twice in the head and he still lived or something. I mean, it's just, it's nuts. I mean, that, that, that dude has got a hard noggin. All right. If you take two shots to the head from a 44 and he woke up a couple hours later and he's like, Hey, I need to go home. And the detective was like, bro, you got shot in the head. You are not going home. You're in the hospital right now. And that's 1976 medicine. Yeah. I'm surprised he didn't just try to remove his head and replace it with another one. So that guy, I mean, He's got, a, he's got a tough noggin. Good, good on him. So, like I said, they, they link all these shootings together. They realize they got a problem, and the media just takes it, and they just cause, as in all these situations, it seems like, media causes mass hysteria. I believe the quote from the documentary, uh, one of the journalists said that, uh, quote, fear became pervasive was what, yes. what the, the term was. Uh, so much so that women with brown hair in the city of New York started dying, cutting, and covering up their hair because they believe that the killer was targeting women with longer brown hair. And that's how, that's how crazy it got. People started literally, women started dying, cutting, and covering up their brown hair to avoid being targeted by this killer. Well, what was crazy about this guy is, and what I'm sure really threw the fear in, was he wasn't like targeting older people. Like th- these are people's children that he was, like these were young people Mm-hmm. 16 17 18 if he was walking up and murdering i mean i i get i understand why people were afraid but at the same time the, the, i feel like the media these situations they always make it worse again he shot 13 people what is the population of new york during this time i mean i know it was shitty so it's probably fewer people than it is today but there were still millions of people he shot 13 people out of millions of people yeah it's crazy that one person shooting that many people but more than 13 people. I mean, listen, today you look at a major city like um, like Chicago, for example, you'll get 40 people shot over a weekend in Chicago and nobody bats an eye like it's nothing. This guy shoots 13 people over the course of a year and it's like this gigantic news story. And I'm not saying that it shouldn't be. People need to know, but I just feel like the, the media makes it worse and they blow it out of proportion. We got we to use our heads here. Yeah, I mean, there's... There's a real fine, I think there's a really fine line for letting us know and then media driven hysteria. Well, and I guess, look, and, and then the rest of the episode kind of gets more into it as to why I guess this would have been more of like a media sensation because our shooter here uh, decides that he's going to leave, uh, he leaves a letter behind one of these shootings. No, 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 no. He sent a letter to the police captain. 
that spoke about him. He didn't leave any letters behind. I thought he left the letter behind. No, he, he wrote and mailed these. No, I thought I thought there was one he left behind. I thought there was one shooting. The first shooting, he le- he leaves a letter behind, and then he ends up writing a letter to, um, to one of the the the, the people, the police, police guys. And maybe I'm wrong, but I, I I thought my notes here says he leaves a demonic letter calling himself a monster. So I believe he left the first letter, and yeah, basically it's like a he uses weird language in the letter. He said he called himself a monster. He references Sam or Sons of Sam or Son of Sam or something in this letter. Uh, they interview or they have like an interview uh, at this point about an NYPD psychologist who th- I guess the, the working theory at the time was that the, the killer is sexually inadequate and the <laughs> NYPD psychologist uh, says that he believes the shootings are equivalent or the shootings are like orgasms and the gun is like a dick. And I mean, why, why do you think it is in so many of these situations? Why do you think that psychologists go there? Why do you think that's the link they always make? Two things. One, I was in the military. I fired a lot of guns. All right. And I can confirm that it does feel like you're orgasming every time you pull the trigger. Okay. Uh, secondly, maybe that's just me. Uh, but I moan a little bit every time I pull the trigger. Okay. Uh, secondly, uh, <laughs> Freud is a big part of the psychiatry movement and his whole thing was sex. I mean, maybe they're right. Maybe they're wrong. I think a lot of it's kind of guesswork. That's just, I, I don't know, but that's always, it seems like that's always what it is. It's always like, they always think it's some kind of sexual and maybe it is. I don't, I, I don't know. I don't I'm not a psychologist, but just, it's crazy how it's always, it always goes back to that. So after some of these shootings are occurring, at one point, uh, I believe he's a journalist. Uh, his name's Jimmy Breslin. He writes a letter, uh, in, in like an open letter in the paper, which is published, and he's telling the killer to stop. Basically, he needs to stop doing what he's doing. Turn himself and, in, which... Which, yeah, okay. And so the killer, the son of Sam, writes back to the reporter directly. And at this point, he had identified himself as the son of Sam. Right, yeah, he's got also this... As- He's got and like all this other crazy demonic, but demonic shit. Yeah. I mean, he's, 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 yeah, he's got this persona now. People are aware of who he, not exactly his identity, but he's got like a identity in the, in the media, at least at this point, he's got his, he's got his cool name, his cool serial killer name. And well, he, I think throughout most of this, they called him the 44 caliber killer. Yeah. yeah which yeah, yeah. not really that cool. Yeah. They can't all be. They can't all be bangers. So, uh, he. So they said the killer ends up writing back to the, the the reporter, and the reporter decides not to turn it over to the police until after he publishes the letter in the paper. Which, I, to, to me, that is bonkers. That is insanity. I can't believe he didn't get arrested. And the documentary. Well, yeah, I mean, you're basically. I don't know. It's evidence and murders. I can't believe you wouldn't. What well, I mean. But listen, why he didn't is because he wanted to sell newspapers. Then that's just that's just what it is. And in fact, one of the during the during the um, uh, the document episode one, you know, I got a quote here that one of the people they interviewed says, you know, terror sold. And that's that, that's that's what sold newspapers. And then when the Mari or Paul Giamatti, Mari acknowledges he's narrating. He acknowledges the chances of being killed. Uh, in New York at the time were very slim, 
but that quote facts don't sell newspapers. So they knew what they were doing. They, they knew the media knew what it was up to here. It knew that this was a great way of selling papers. It was a great way of being, you know, at the top of the heap here. And they, well, they just turned into a media circus. Well, Maury T- Terry, who I, I don't know if you've introduced him yet. Uh, he's this guy that he got real wrapped up in the, the son of Sam thing. He basically based his life around it, essentially like tracking down all this information on it. Uh, guy seems like he's maybe a little bit on the spectrum. Everybody, the way everybody describes him, they're like, you know, mind like steel trap to hear a song and he can tell you who sang it, the year it was sang, but he also seemed very focused on like, he was very, 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 very detail oriented, mm-hmm. very like dialed in on this whole thing. And basically the documentary is around him tracking down Son of Sam or trying to track him down and coming up with all his information about possible associates and everything else. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, they spent a lot of time in this throughout this, at least in episodes one and two, kind of, they kind of cut in and out of giving you some of the background on Maury Terry and who he is and how he became involved and got involved. To me, it was a little, because as we'll discuss, this, this documentary goes from let's t- talking about the son of Sam killing into Maury Terry's theory as to what this actually was. So they, they throughout, throughout the this, this story here, they're definitely laying the groundwork to let you know, like they're trying to val- validate who Maury Terry is and giving you his credentials as to why, as to why you should even give a second of a thought to his theory, uh, which ends up being that the son of Sam didn't work alone. That is a conspiracy involving other people. That's that's a little bit further down the episodes mm-hmm. before we get into that point. Right now, uh, so Son of Sam, he uh, he went on, his murder spree went on for over a year. They had mm-hmm. like a task force. I think they said it was 600 or was it 300? It was a fuck ton of cops. They're on the task force trying to track this, this guy down. He's sending letters to people with denom- demonic symbols. I can't say demonic tonight. I don't know. It's not very tactful of me. Oh, well. um, so like you said, it goes on for about a year. Like you said, they had detectives. Uh, they had detectives that they actually did like stings and setups where they'd put detectives in cars and like rural spots and make them wear wigs to try to like catch this guy, which I mean, can you imagine being on that assignment, being a detective? You work, you know, 15 years in the homicide division and you work, you, you bust your ass and you deal with the nitty gritty. You see this terrible things. And you come into work and they're like, Johnson, put on this yellow, put on this brown wig and go sit in this car. You're going to pretend like you're sucking Smith's dick. We're going to see if we can get this psycho to come kill you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Hey, hey, just pretend this time. Not, <laughs> I don't want another phone call. All right. Like that, like that episode on South Park where <laughs> he goes undercover as a woman and he's fucking those dudes. And he goes like, obviously all the way, you know, and, and <laughs> he really commits to the bit. Uh, it's fucking hilarious. So yeah, I mean, it's, that's just the lengths they were going. I mean, that they, they needed to try to catch this guy and they were just, they were trying to do everything they could to, to stop him. I mean, you got, I have to say like, as far as this, at least this section of the, the whole thing, it seemed like the cops were busting their ass. I mean, this is during a time when the mayor was, you know, trying to, they're bankrupt. The city was bankrupt or they're trying to save money. So they're like laying off people. There's a hiring freeze. But these cops were really busting their ass throughout the whole thing, trying to trying to catch this guy. 
Yeah, I think they even did like a layoff. Like there was like a police and fireman layoff yeah. at the time, which is, I mean, you're, when your city's like burning to the ground, it's because like, literally in 1977, the summer of 77, I believe it was the summer, there was a blackout, which this documentary kind of covers briefly, in which looting and arson and shit broke out. So, I mean, the city was just, it was going through hell. And then this whole, whole Son of Sam shooting thing was just not what they needed at the time, but they went through it anyway. So after about a year, uh, the killer switches to a different borough. He ends, ends up shooting a blonde uh, in Brooklyn. He, it's a shooting of a man and a woman, and the woman's a blonde, which is a deviation from his usual targets. And one thing I thought was nuts is they're showing like the news footage from back then, and they're showing oh, yeah. the victims in the hospital as they're like being transported in and out of the hospital and through the corridors and stuff. You have these bloody teenagers and the news are just like showing that to like on the 5 p.m. You know, the afternoon news. I, I, I couldn't believe that they would. I mean, I can't believe I don't think they would show that shit today. I really don't think they would. No, no. Yeah. So he uh, so like I said, he ends up shooting that, that guy and that girl. That's the guy who gets shot twice in the head with that 44 and, and lives to tell about it, which is. But he went blind, though. Yeah, he, uh, yeah, he went blind. But I mean, that, listen, you get shot in the head twice with anything. I don't care if you get hit and have the baseball bat twice. If all you do is lose your eyesight, you came out okay. All things considered, he came out okay. I mean, yourself personally. His 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 date was killed, so that's terrible. But and I'm not saying losing I mean, your eyesight's nothing, but it's better than what could have happened otherwise, right? How do you uh bike so well with all that, that backpedaling you do? What back I'm not backpedaling enough. I'm just saying it's not it's not so bad. I mean Yes, if you get shot in the head with a 44 caliber bullet, which is like we said, huge, and you lose your eyesight, I mean, you you came out on top of that situation. Yeah, I mean, it's it's, it's not the worst thing that could have happened. I mean, listen, it's not. I'm not again. I'm not trying to say it's a good thing that happened. Okay, okay, all right, <laughs> all right. I'm gonna step in it every fucking week, everybody. Every fucking week, I'll step in it. So one thing that when it was the documentary was talking about this the episode was talking about this um, this part of it. There was a reporter who compares him to Jack the Ripper and how Jack the Ripper. Oh, um, this was so bad to say in the news. Why? Why? He, he says basically that Joe, Jack the Ripper he only killed five people and in three months and they're all hookers months, and they were all prostitutes. And he, the way he says it is so condescending. Like he's like downplaying like and Jack, he's like. You know, this is compared to Jack the Ripper, who was like this terrible killer in England back then. But I mean, the Ripper only killed five prostitutes in three months. Like this guy's got nothing on Son of Sam. It's like, bro, it's not a competition. Yeah, it's not a yeah. fucking competition, man. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, he doesn't get a trophy for killing more people. All right. Yeah, exactly. And just because they're prostitutes, that means like, oh, it's not. That's not impressive. Yeah. I mean, also, also hookers are people too. All right. I don't think you're supposed to call them that, but uh, sex workers. Sex yeah. workers. In 2021, whatever. they're sex workers. Yeah. Listen, it, it all comes down to the same thing. You're all, you're, you're, you're doing the same thing regardless of what we call you. Uh, but you're still people too. You don't do, you, they don't deserve to get shot or stabbed or whatever else is what mm -hmm. I'm saying. So Let's from this, you're so away this, here. So from this shooting, <laughs> so from this shooting, they, they get a few, a few new, new sketches. And again, these sketches are there's there's not accurate to anything like not not after once you see who he is, they look nothing like him. I mean, not a single one of these sketches was even close to anything what David Berkowitz actually looked like. But they have a new new batch of sketches they release, and it's just it's David Berkowitz is the son of Sam is yeah, what him, they 
Right. So, and, and how, and, okay. So we're going to go over how they discovered this. Cause it, once again, this shit is bonkers. It is mind blowing. The little breaks they get in these cases, what well, blows it all open. It's unbelievable. So as, as I described in episode one, basically there's like this one detective who is supervisors like, Hey man, just go through, go, go through this, the book of summonses, which uh, from my understanding, a summons is like a parking ticket in New York. Okay. It's like a minor infraction ticket, like a civil forfeiture thing you get in New York. And so they say, just basically go through all the summonses and see if you see anything in there. And this detective just is randomly going through the summonses issued for that night in that neighborhood. And he just so happens to notice the name David Berkowitz. And he asks himself, what is a Jewish kid from Yonkers doing in that neighborhood? which I've never heard of the police profiling a Jewish guy before. I think that is very, well, big, I mean, that's. It's, it's bad. Okay. So it's back in the day, obviously the city is somewhat, you know, segregated in different areas. I'm sure there's like, maybe there's a section of town that was heavily Jewish. Yeah. But he was wasn't, it, was it, yeah, was it questionable yeah, he to wasn't today's in, standards? Yeah. yeah, but he wasn't in. He was in Brooklyn. He wasn't in fucking Little Gaza or something. Like, <laughs> why is it? It's not so out of place for a Jewish guy to be somewhere in New York. Just to me, yeah. I just it seemed odd to me. It's just so wild to me that he, you know, he just notices this name. He thinks, "What's this, this Jewish kid from Yonkers doing in this neighborhood?" And that's and that's what that's what leads him down this like this whole this path. And so he ends up calling a dispatcher in Yonkers for information about straight information about. David Berkowitz, who's, who had got a parking yeah. ticket this night of the shooting. And the dispatcher he spoke he spoke to just so happens to be a neighbor of David Berkowitz. Actually tells a story about David shooting her dog or her family dog once. And also, by the, by the way, her dad's name is Sam, which is absolutely fucking crazy. It is crazy that a parking ticket, a random parking ticket led the detectives down the path to discover, hey, this is our suspect. In fact, the detective who found this, as soon as he gets all this information, he goes to his, his supervisor, who, lieutenant or whoever, and surmises, and he tells him, like, basically, I think we got him just based on this this little information, just this, this phone call. This one the, phone call. Out neighbor. Yeah, exactly. And he just figures it out, like, I think we got him. Like, this is, this is what we have. So, <laughs> because Sam is somehow, there's a guy named Sam involved with this. And uh, there's only like 10 people named Sam in New York at this time. So let's go with it. Yeah. It's, it's just, it's, it's, you know, even like, in, you know, last episode or the first episode, we talked about Richard Ramirez, like just the, how crazy it was about the, the fucking shoes. Like, it's just, it's always like these it's such, so random little trivial yeah, little it's, things. It's like the little tiny things that you would, you can't imagine. Like, that's the thing that's going to get, get these people caught, but it's always like the most random shit. You shoot wild. somebody's you shoot somebody's family dog and people remember for some reason. I don't. Yeah, people fucking. I don't know. I try to I try to shoot at least three on my way out the door every morning, but uh, boy, you know, some, sometimes I have slow days. So, <laughs> like I said, the detectives are my. They they, they basically figure out like, okay, we think we got him on this. I'm um, just from this information. So they send a, a couple guys out to uh, sit on his house and kind of watch for him. They end up getting some guy in the area who's like a I don't know, he's like a reserve deputy or volunteer no, church no, he, deputy he's, he, he's a deputy and he's Berkowitz's fucking neighbor yeah once again let's there. just he, he came out to say 
hey, can I help you guys? And they're like, are you a cop? And he goes, yeah, here's my badge. And they said, we're looking for this guy. He goes, oh, yeah, I know who he is. So he just sits down with them until they identify him. Right. Like, I don't, I don't know what or where Yonkers is at, but like, how does, how does everybody know everybody? Or I guess maybe just, maybe Berkowitz is a popular guy. I don't know. Well, yeah, I don't know. But so they end up, like I said, they end up sitting on the car because they, they see his car. They see his car first and they notice, they see the handle, the butt of the pistol in the car. And so they break into the car and they recover the, the 44 caliber revolver and they find a letter written by the son of Sam in his glove box. Which the, is fucking crazy. The problem with all of this is that they didn't have a fucking warrant. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that they just broke into this fucking car and got this shit, which is like, obviously like quite, I mean, it's like the smoking gun, but it's not it's fucking illegal. smoking. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah I, mean, I, mean, I mean, it was illegal. So, yeah, so what they, yeah, I mean, the, here's what they needed to, to wrap this guy up on this whole fucking thing, and it's all done legally. It's all done fucking incorrectly. Well, uh, you got to, I mean, I also, I, I saw that, and I was just like, what the, What are you guys doing? And I was also like, God damn. I mean, after a year of this guy doing all this shit and shooting kids, like, the cops have got to be so stressed out and, like, want it. Like, they got to want this guy so bad, you know? Like I said, they're sitting on the car. He comes out. This deputy is the one who ends up like running up and grabbing this guy. Um, and he immediately identifies himself as son of Sam, which he goes, you got me on the son of Sam. You got me on the son of Sam. He's identified as 24 year old David Berkowitz, which 24 years old, the motherfucker looks 40. I mean, there's no way this guy's there's no way he's 24 years old. I don't know if you've, if you, if you haven't seen a picture of David Berkowitz and listen to this podcast, <laughs> Stop the podcast, pull your car over, you know, excuse yourself to the bathroom at work, wherever you listen to this podcast at, and go Google David Berkowitz and look at this guy's fucking mugshot. And you tell me he's 24 years old. You try telling me he's listen, 24 years old. I don't believe you. I don't fucking believe it. Okay, here's the deal, though. If you have a 6,000-year-old being talking to you through a neighbor's dog, it's going to age you. It's going to wear on you a little bit after a while. I mean, you know... As a dog lover, I, I can say that if somebody started communicating to me through dogs and it was telling me to hurt people, you know, I might I might get a few gray hairs, start to look disheveled. Uh, my my takeaway from the thing was uh, Berkowitz, he was a big guy like he didn't look he wasn't thin. I wouldn't say he was fat, but he was definitely heavy set, and he was tall. And my first thought was, this is the guy that's been shooting people and then running away. Like, he doesn't look like a runner. I'm picturing him getting halfway down the block and being like, well, fuck it. If the cops catch me, they catch me, I guess. I need to stop and have a cigarette real quick because it was the 70s and everybody smoked. Well, I mean, I so, imagine I imagine he probably parked his car pretty close to where these people were. Like you said, I can't imagine. I, 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 don't, I don't see him running blocks. I see him maybe getting over maybe one fence. Then he's going to walk to the gate on the back end of the house to get through that fence. And then the, he's going to the, jump. The, his the way this guy was built, I think he just ran through fences and left like cartoon outlines of himself all over the city. There's like, oh, yep, that's that's the 44 caliber silhouette killer. He's done it again, broke three fences and shot a couple teenagers. <laughs> so, yeah, like, like you just said, so 
he's in custody and you know everybody's screaming and they're happy and hooping and hollering and people are celebrating one of the detectives ends up sneaking into a holding cell to talk to the guy and uh berkowitz like you said tells him that basically he's following the orders of a six thousand year old being named sam that speaks to him through the neighbor's dog the neighbor's dog by the way just as a little trivia is uh named harvey if you're wondering and uh, when he's at night, he he looks for a sign. Sam gives him the sign of when it's time to kill somebody when he's hunting, which I mean, I, I, I guess that just checks Here's out. Here's my question. Here's my question. At this point, why did nobody arrest the dog? Why didn't they turn around, go back? Clearly, he's working with this guy, with Berkowitz. All right. Put the dog away before he hurts somebody else. That's well, all I'm saying. Well, so, I mean, we'll get into this. We'll get into it. We're going to start getting into this with, with Mari now. We're, we're going to introduce oh, yeah, Mari here, this, a little this, bit more, but that's, but, but that's crazy, that, but that does, but that does kind of, I mean, you, you got a point there. Mari's whole theory is that there's more people involved in this. Technically he's not wrong. We can verify that at least the dog was one giving David Berkowitz the orders. I, so I think the dog was they, they essentially put him involved. in a cell right next to Berkowitz until one of them talked. Yeah. Cause he was a bad boy. Bad. They boy. take Berkowitz out come back to the dog be like listen Berkowitz told us everything you can you can turn on him right now and uh maybe we'll take some jail time off or you can go down as the as the as the mastermind behind this whole operation the dog's like shit you got me <laughs> listen Harvey this is the deal yeah. of a lifetime yeah. once I walk out this door it's off the table you understand <laughs> um so yeah so now that he's in custody now Mari kind of gets more talking about how he just he couldn't believe that it was so close to him. I guess he lived about a mile away from Son of Sam, from David Berkowitz. Uh, he yeah. I guess Mari grew up in Yonkers. He, his, he couldn't believe that it was he so close Berkowitz, to him. He knew Berkowitz, didn't he? No, he didn't or know he knew him. of him. I don't think he even knew of him. But he definitely he knew the neighborhood. He, he knew the street. Yeah. He knew the he knew all the area there. So he just, he couldn't he, he was shocked that it couldn't be. Uh, Mari didn't think that the sketches lined up. Obviously, he said that he, he didn't know how the witnesses could possibly be that wrong on the sketches, which I mean, now Listen. we know that eyewitness testimony is, I mean, shit. absolute dog shit. It's, you know what I mean? So yeah. they're, you, you get they're six witnesses, wrong. they're going to give you six different descriptions of the same guy. Right. I mean, they're just always wrong. But so Mari thinks this is so strange that they're so off that they're all of them are so different than what. He actually, guy actually looked because he looks sketches. He looked vaguely Asian. I'm just saying, like he, like these sketches were not even fucking close. Have you right? been through enough? Listen, all right, this is not anti-Asian. I'm just saying, in one of the pic, one of the sketches, I'm like, now he looks like an Asian guy. Like they, like all these different descriptions, this this doesn't even fucking make sense. They don't have the same hair color. Now we got different ethnicities. He looks thin. He looks fat. I mean, what's going on? Well, so yeah, so so then, so you're so you're thinking that at this point, Mari's got something there. The fact that Mari is so perplexed at how the ske- the sketches don't line up that there's got to be something else involved. He then he then he then says basically he thinks that a, a neighbor to someone is Sam, uh, to David Berkowitz, whose name is fucking Sam, by the, the way. Yeah, the old man's name is Sam. Sam. He's got two kids, one named John, one named Mike, I believe, and Mari Michael. thinks that. Yeah, one of the one of the sketch or Mari believes that one of the sketches resembles uh, John, well, the kid John. Well, okay, yeah, no, 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 no. Listen, what? 
That one, the sketch, the one sketch. Look, that it looked he says, just like him. No, it didn't. No, Dude, when it they showed did his not. picture and the, no. and the sketch, I was like, no, holy crap. it does not. One of these unemployable hobos actually drew a decent fucking sketch no for once. No way. It looked no. just like him. No, no, no. I don't think it looked anything like him. I think he was wrong. I think it looked on just side. like him. Well, okay. Well, there, see, look, now we've got differences of opinion right there. Freaking let yeah. us know. You watch and it, you let us wrong. know. You let us know. Does that sketch look like John? It, I, it absolutely does not. Once again, these sketches don't resemble anybody. They resemble, they're closer to fucking aliens and leprechauns than actual human beings. At, they at look just point, like him. So, at, so, at, so at this point, at this point, Mari starts really like, die, he, obviously he's following, he's following this case as progressing in the media. Yeah. Now that it's out, now that they have David Berkowitz, they, they have their suspect, they have their guy. He's obviously making all these confessions that he's doing, that he did it and He's not really. Yeah, he's saying, not playing coy at yeah, all. He's not denying it. So it's kind of like it's nice wrapped up in a bow. And Mari just he can't believe it. He just cannot believe that this is all. There's just one guy, and that that's all that it is. And at this point, I'm watching it. I'm thinking, I'm watching episode one here. I'm thinking like, it's almost like, to me, Mari's kind of falling down that path of where a lot of people fall, like where people can't, they just can't accept that one guy could have shot JFK. They can't accept that airplanes could have knocked down the towers on 9-11. They just, they just can't accept that. They can't, they, they, it has to be a greater conspiracy. It has to be more people involved. Like just the, the sole one person doing all this and causing all this just is inconceivable to them. Well, I think, I think what it is, it's not, some things happen that are so terrible that you cannot wrap your brain around it. And sometimes terrible things happen because of simple solutions or simple, simple reasons. Maury Ter- Terry was already working from a disadvantage because he didn't have a mustache and he was born with two first names, Maury Terry. Also, to whoever named him Maury, fuck his, you, you're a bad person. His parents. All right, you knew he was going to get picked on with that name. Don't 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 act like you gave the, your son's name the name Maury, and you didn't think there's going to be consequences because of that. Yet episode one ends, and you have the police department. They're basically they're celebrating their successes and catching him. Uh, I mean, look, it took them over a year and a lot of people died and six people died. Yeah. And 13 people what's got shot. That's a lot for one. Per- I mean, I mean wait, no, I'm saying like, what's what qualifies as a lot. Well, I'd I say think- six, six people is like that's good numbers. I think six people is a lot of people that one person. killed. <laughs> I think two people, I, mean- I think two people is a lot of people to have killed. <laughs> Okay. I mean, one, one person, one person killing one person, a one for one kill death ratio. That's, that's not, that's still too, that's really too high. But when you're, I, th- when, I think those are good numbers. Well, that's good, I mean, good as, six people, subjective. when you say, I don't know, when you say a lot, I'm thinking like, you know, 10, 15 people, six. Eh, I mean, good average, but like I said, more than half survived. Well, so I listen, just, he wasn't. I think he'd done better if he tried. He wasn't like a fourteen-year-old today running to a school, you know, popping off ten people like fishing a barrel. All right, he was hitting one, two people at a time, parked in cars over the course of a year. Or was he? Is the question this uh, podcast is going to make you wonder about? What's this documentary is going to be wondering about for sure. So, oh, I'm sorry. This documentary, not the podcast. <laughs> this podcast can make you think a lot of things. No, probably not that. So yeah. So that's that in episode one. Then we get an episode two. And the synopsis for episode two is that uh, while Berkowitz continues to dominate the news cycle, Mari pursues his theory about John Carr, 
and uncovers a disturbing link to occult activity. So episode two is when we really start getting into it. Okay. So it starts out basically the, the psychologists, they determined that David Berkowitz, he's antisocial. He's basically, he's a failure. He's not successful with women. They believe that he, the reason why he's even doing all this stuff is because he's angry at women because he was rejected by his biological mother, which I mean, moms, hug your, so, yeah. moms, hug, hug your sons. Are you going to create monsters? Yeah. At least once. All right. This guy apparently was, was created out of, out of wedlock. It was two people that were married to two other people. So what they did is they put him up for adoption. He was adopted. And then uh, he went away to Korea. He came back, he found his biological mom. And she said, I don't want anything to do with you because it was the seventies and nobody can admit that they like sex. Well, I mean, that's, that's the takeaway here. All right. Let's all be honest with each other. We all like sex. If you don't like sex, you're probably not doing it right. All right. Read a book, watch some, some videos on the internet, do whatever you gotta do to figure out what you're into and go from there. It's an enjoyable experience from what I've heard. <laughs> just not with you. So just so not with me from what I've heard. So very selfish. <laughs> so even so in episode two, even after he's arrested, uh, it's, he's it's, he's dominated the newspapers. I mean, every freaking it seems like every day they they, they they make it seem like he's constantly in the paper. He's constantly in the news. Uh, and then Mari, pretty much, he admits that at this point he is uh, he he is obsessed. He admits that he becomes absolutely obsessed, and that he really starts theorizing that there's more to this story. There's got to be more to this story. And then it goes more into well, Mari's background. Well, let's, let, let's just say that. First thing he did, he went to the police and he's like, hey, this guy, John Carr, is the actual son of Sam. His father's name is Sam. He lives across the street from or right behind Berkowitz or uh, whatever. How some he's relatively close to Berkowitz. He looks a shit ton like the sketches. And the cops are like, hey, we solved the case. Back off. We're over here having sell celebratory drinks right now so maybe back off well right so but, but before he takes it to the police though before he takes the story to the police so he 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 ends up quitting his he worked at ibm he's quitting his job and he's he's gonna he's i think he traded in his ibm badge for like a press pass or something and he becomes like this journalist who's gonna really dig into this like you said he discovers um this information he went to he knew john he went to school with john he discovers that John's daddy was Sam and that Sam was reportedly very abusive and that he would like lock his kids in the attic, which, and which Mari believes that's what the letters are referencing is that in Sam's, the letters, Sam's behavior. Said, Sam locks me in the attic. In one of the letters, he said, Sam locks me in the attic. This guy, this guy looks like the sketches. His dad's name is Sam and Sam has a penchant for punishing his kids by locking the attic, which by the way, guys, but that's not a good but, idea. But how do they know that? I mean, you know, I know he says in the documentary, but he doesn't say how he knows that. He just says that Sam reportedly. Word, I mean, it's it's word around town that Sam's a, a dick. Yeah, it's word around. I don't know. Just to, to me, this is this to me. This is where some of this shit with Mari is becoming like he's becoming too obsessed. He's becoming too like. I feel like he starts stretching. He starts like. I mean, again, a lot of things are are very coincidental, and, and it, it on paper. It sounds like, okay, this sounds like it's, it's very possible. But to me, and watching episode two, to me, you can, he's, I feel like he starts reaching. He starts stretching. You think that the sketch looks like John. I don't think it looks like John at all. But 
you know, he's surmising about how Sam treats his kids, but he doesn't say like where he got that. He just, I, just that he had heard that Sam did the shit to his kids. So to me, it's like, I don't know. To me, it just, I, it just seemed like he was kind of stretching. Um, but well, so- listen, I, I just want to say that, that at this point in the investigation, I get Terry's got my back. Or I got Terry's back. I mean, I I'm, I'm supporting him hundred uh, percent at this point in the investigation. I'm going, Holy shit. He's onto something here. But on that same note, I understand why the cops, the DA, everybody else is like, hey, man, you need to drop this shit because for a year and a half, they've been sucking out everybody's shit about not being able to lock down this one guy that's killing people in New York. So I understand both perspectives where the cops are like, we got him. He admitted it. He's the bad guy. Let it go. But the two things that he says that where he kind of gets information that really points to there's something might be something up here one there's a witness to the shooting in brooklyn where he shoot he shot the guy and he shot the blonde and the witness says that he doesn't believe that berkowitz was the guy he saw who shot those two people so the witness is adamant so it wasn't berkowitz he says it, it wasn't was, berkowitz he says it wasn't that the berkowitz wasn't the guy and then there's a lady who reports seeing berkowitz at at, a, at his car two minutes and five blocks away from the shooting when it happened. So they basically they say that there's no way he could have covered that ground and shot those two people and ran back to his car in this in the amount of time that she saw them and the shooting happened and the guy saw the shooting happen. So it's I don't think that motherfucker could have covered five blocks in, in 30 minutes. Well, so 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 that's those are those are the two points that those are the two like definite things where they actually interview the people, you actually they interview the witnesses, and the witnesses say this, that, that wasn't him. I saw him. One says oh, that wasn't him. I didn't, that was not the, the shooter I saw. And the other one says, you know, I saw him at the car. It, it was at this time for sure. Cause she was walking her dog or whatever. It was at this time. And the shooting happens two minutes, two minutes, you know, and five blocks away. Mari has this theory that two, maybe three people are involved. Again, he thinks that Sam Carr's children, John and Michael, Mari goes to the editor of the paper he's working for. An editor doesn't want, doesn't want to run, run the story, doesn't want anything to do with it, isn't going to run the story. Mari ends up taking it to the New York Post, where New York Post, they actually publish it. They actually run with the story. And then there's another cop turned reporter who, and I don't know how, but he ends up befriending Berkowitz somehow. And actually, he secretly interviews Berkowitz while Berkowitz is, is being held in a psych ward uh, pending, pending trial. And supposedly Berkowitz passes a note to this reporter that there are other sons out there. So Maury ends up taking everything he's got to this point to the district attorney and says, basically, this is what I got. This is what I've uncovered. I think this, I think there's more than one person involved here. And the district attorney says, yeah, thanks, but no thanks. Berkowitz is the guy. He's the killer. We're not interested. And Mari believes it's just the police department and the district attorney's office, like you said, just trying to cover their own ass, right? They're just, they want the story to go away. It took them forever to find this fucking guy. You know, they're obviously happy they caught him, but I mean, these people were very critical of them at that time, just how, for how the city was going. And then, then come to find out, Maury finds out that there were some shenanigans on NYPD's part where essentially they had a warrant signed for Berkowitz's car after they had already broken yeah. into the car. So there, so he discovers that the cops are playing shenanigans with the warrant and the timing. And so he believes that the police department is worried about the case being tossed or worried about this fourth amendment evidence issue. 
Uh, they discover in other ways that the NYPD cut corners. They didn't thir- thoroughly investigate leads. It was an election year. Um, and basically, if the shooting stopped, the city was happy. Right? I mean, that's, that's basically what he thought the cops believed. But my question is, if Mari's belief was that there were other people involved and the shootings did stop, right? I mean, there was no more shootings after this. If there were other people involved, wouldn't the shootings have continued? Um, I'm going to say no, because they already captured Berkowitz and they were close to being exposed. So they're like, hey, maybe we should tone it down for a little while. We can start up again later. But bad things started happening to bad people. And we'll go from there. So Mari ends up getting tipped off by some neighborhood kid there in Yonkers that there's something in a park that's less than a mile from where Berkowitz and uh, the cars lived. And well, there's an underground tunnel system between the two houses, and then that connected out to the out to the park. And the, I guess in this park, they find dead and mutilated dogs. They find all kinds of uh, graffiti and and occult and Satanism, you know, related imagery uh, all around this park and like you said in these tunnels. And they determined that satanic rituals are being performed in the dilapidated building by a cult who I guess refers to themselves as the children. He doesn't, he doesn't explicitly say how he knows or if he knows conclusively if Berkowitz visited this park. He's, he's kind of concluding that he did, but he doesn't, he, does, he never really presents any hard evidence that he can link Berkowitz to any of this. I'm going to point out, I'm bringing up a little point here. So these dogs that they're, that these guys are like, they're killing and drinking their blood during these satanic rituals. Mm-hmm. And they're, they're mutilating the dogs before they kill them, all this stuff. These are their main targets for dogs seem to be German shepherds. Mm-hmm. My question is, couldn't you have killed a less expensive dog? All right. I don't know if German shepherds like have seen a huge markup since the 1970s. But, uh, I mean, you can't find a mutt that you could like, you know, get, get some out of the pound. I don't know what you gotta do, but like German shepherds, holy shit. That must've been a really expensive religion. So from here, Mari starts investigating the occult. There's one point here. He, he, he connects a symbol on one of the letters, the son of Sam letters to an occultist symbol. I, I didn't get the guy's name, the occultist's name. But basically, he connects the words on the symbol and the symbol itself. He connects the words on the symbol to Sam Carr. I guess it's like a variation of Sam Carr spelled backwards. And then there's another word on the symbol on the outskirts of the symbol that says like Burke something. And so he like he thinks like this, this is some kind of proof that Sam Carr and David Berkowitz are involved here because of like these coincidences. To me, this was this is a gigantic reach. It's a huge reach for him to make. I understand, like, it's, it's strange. It's a strange coincidence. It just so happens to be this old occultist person who wrote this letter, who, who made this symbol. And, you know, maybe they did see that symbol somewhere and then they picked it up from there. But, like, the, the, the Sam Carr backwards and then the other word being Burke something, which is similar to Berkowitz. I mean, you're not talking, like, that's like Destiny's type shit. You're basically saying, like, back when this occultist wrote this letter that he, like, foretold of... Sam Carr and David Berkowitz doing this shit. I mean, I don't, I don't understand. It's he's going too far here. This is just such a crazy leap for him to make. I think. I mean, later on in the line, they find out that John Carr 
and actually several locations had made the one of the satanic symbols that were found in the letters from the son of Sam. Yeah, allegedly, yeah. They don't ever produce them, but they say that they saw him write it. Some people in North Dakota. But anyway. You're a hater. So, no, I'm just saying, if you're going to say something, if you're going to present something as fact in a documentary, you got to show me. You can't just say, some guy once said, because you, I got to know who this guy is. I got to know what it is. But anyway, we're, we're going to get to that. So, right. so, so Mari believes that the letters are referencing the occult. And then around this time, the New York Post ends up running a picture of David Berkowitz sleeping in a cell. And the, the headline is like, Sam sleeps or something. And it was like a gigantic controversy. It was a huge First Amendment issue. There's was a huge investigation as to how the paper even got the picture. Because obviously somebody took that picture. Um, you know, it's just a picture of him sleeping. It wasn't like a, you know, I, I don't well, know. What... The issue was that he was not supposed to have been being seen at that point. Like, well, well, right. Yeah. Obviously you have a security breach in your facility, but I mean, they made it a gigantic issue that the reporter published this. And then at this point, Mari says that John hadn't been seen John, this, this other John Carr, who he believes was involved, um, hadn't been seen since the actual son of Sam. I'm sorry. John Carr, the son of Sam Carr. I mean, literally his neighbor, literally the son of Sam. Yeah. A, a son of Sam hadn't been seen and Mari finds out from his mom that from his own mother, Mari's mother informs him that she saw an article in the paper that John Carr died in North Dakota. So shout out to Mari's mom with the scoop on that. That's, that's, that's quite the scoop for her to have. Uh, but yeah, so John, just John Carr guy, he turns up and it's a, it's a suspicious suicide on a military base in North Dakota. So after this, stationed out there. Oh, North, at, the, at the base, of North Dakota. Why not? Why not? Oh, there you go. So after this, Mari decides he's going to run the story in the New York Post about John being linked. However, as soon as that's released, it's overshadowed by a story about the reporter who published the Sleeping Sam pick of being arrested. And of course, Mari believes that this is part of a conspiracy to cover up the John story. Yeah, basically that this is their way of like of burying his story because this this reporter being arrested for the picture is a is a bigger story. It's gonna it's gonna take all the headlines. Then there's a court appearance where Berkowitz basically loses his shit in court and ends up pleading guilty. And so it's just it's all then it's all done, right? He pleads guilty, there's no trial, there's no evidence issue. All these issues that the cops could have been worried about are just gone because he's pleading guilty. He's just he's just taking the heat. Then they go into more fucking Mari background. And this is where I became super like, at this point. Now I'm like very, I'm getting very cynical about Mari's take on this just because I feel like they're spending so much time giving bullshit background on who Mari was that it's almost like, all right, he's going to start saying some crazy shit. So we'd really need to try to validate his claims by who he is as like all these character witnesses from his past. It's not so much like this is like how thorough of an investigator he's being. It's more so like this. Uh, Mari had a, a a photographic memory. He was he could remember anything. He's such a great guy. He was he was uh, tenacious. You know, he never gave up. You know, it's like okay, we get it. He was a great reporter, but I, I feel like they're at this point they're going too too much into his background. I feel like they're just establishing uh, credulity. Yeah, but I just I feel like I shouldn't need to know about what kind of fucking kid he was in high school if his, if his theory holds weight today. 
this is this is a up to this point this is like a, a hilarious story to me um so mari ends up going back on he ends up going on a date all right he ends up meeting this girl and goes on a date and he mentions to this date that it's the one-year anniversary of one of the shootings and he offers to take this date so weird to the scene of the crime the lady who we took to it, they like sit there and they talk for a while about the shootings and everything. And then they ended up having like a makeout scene at the scene of the shooting. Like they end up making like, what the fuck? Like I'm telling you right at this point, listen, at this point, at this point, the documentary, I was really starting to suspect that Mari was fucking involved himself. Like what the fuck is Mari's dad's name? If it's fucking Sam, somebody needs to call the police (laughs) because what the actual fuck? What are you, what are you doing? This is this this is weird behavior. This is very strange behavior. Listen, man. Some people, sex is an enjoyable activity. You got to figure out what gets the old motor running. Some people do it in cemeteries. Yeah, but going listen. You're an investigative reporter. The night watchman caught me, but listen, some people do. Listen, you're you're an investigative reporter investigating these murders. You're gonna meet this girl. You're gonna take her to the site of one of the fucking murders. And then you got to make a move on her? That's weird, man. I think we're not drawing enough attention to the fact that this girl at no point was like, hey, bro, you need to take me home. This is getting a bit sketchy for me. Well, yeah, no like, shit. Didn't she, I mean, it, wasn't this girl that ended up marrying him? I don't fucking know. I don't, I don't know. I didn't, write, I didn't pay attention to that part. I was so blown Listen, away by this story. I was like, you got to be fucking kidding me. I mean, let's, when, yeah, when they're telling the story, he's like, yeah, I was at this exact spot. Now, and then he started kissing me and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, psycho. What, what, what? That, that is <laughs> okay. That right there, that's odd behavior. Yeah. Right? That's, that's questionable. That's, 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 that's psycho behavior. That's, 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 you're, you're making out where two people died. That's hey, gross. I, I'm just going to say this. I'm not defending the motherfucker. Son of Sam, Sam Dibberkowitz, he killed people. Not one story about him taking a chick to where he killed somebody and making out with her. I'm just saying. You never heard that story. That story never got out. That's one thing that David Berkowitz never did is he never, you know, for as much as they said it was like sexually induced or whatever, there was no stories of him doing that shit. So that's because he was sexually impotent with women. Well, that, that's yeah, that's what they said. Yeah, he wasn't wasn't putting the plane down on any runways. Well, listen, with that so. face, with that face, how could you? How could you not, be? dude? That guy looked like he was de- like you look at him and you're like. That man was descended from gorillas. It wasn't like a thousand years ago. That was like last week. All right. This guy, like he, he, he had a caveman brow. All right. So Mari decides at this point, his investigation is like, it's like dead in the water. There's like nowhere for him to go. Nobody gives a shit. You know, David Berkowitz, he's already pled guilty. It's case closed. It's, it's, It's over. So he decides, well, if he goes to North Dakota, North Dakota, he can continue his investigation there. He goes out there. He goes up to North Dakota. And he ends up meeting with John's, some of John's friends, right? That's where some of this information comes out. And John's friends report that they actually had met David Berkowitz in North Dakota before. And like you said previously, supposedly they had seen John write the son of Sam symbol that he was written in the letters in a phone book or a telephone directory or something at some point several months before the first shooting even happened. And again, it's ding, like, ding, ding. it's like, yeah, but like, where's this book? Is it possible that the friends are full of shit? They're just trying to like capitalize on the notoriety of, I mean, you listen, you live in fucking North Dakota. 
and you have this gigantic news story out of New York. And you have this reporter coming out like, hey, do you know do you know Son of Sam? Do you know do you know David Berkowitz? It's like, yeah, we've met David Berkowitz before. And this guy, you know, I mean, to me, it's just again, it's like you have these people just saying that they saw this, but where's the fucking notebook? Where's this where's this phone book? I uh, didn't they I think they showed the phone book. No, they didn't show the phone book. I would remember that shit. They didn't show it. They did All not right. show it. I'm, listen, listen, up until this point, like I said, I'm voluntary. But it's right around this point. Well, okay, let me let me backtrack. Right around the point where uh, that Terry brought a date to the murder scene, and apparently it aroused him enough to make a move. I was voluntary. I'm like, hey, listen, you, you're you're investigating. You're doing a great job. And then I heard that story, and I was like, oh yeah, <laughs> they should put that man in jail just just because that's so fucking weird that I don't even want to think about him being on the streets right now. Yeah, so the the part the one thing that got me, and, and again, I, I, this is this is where I'm okay. Maybe maybe this is holding some water here. Reportedly, John spoke to a psychologist in North Dakota, sometime during or after the Son of Sam shooting started, and he admitted to the psychologist that he was friends with the Son of Sam. He expressed concern that he might be killed. And he admitted that he was involved in occult-related activities and that David, or not David, but that the son of Sam, whoever the son of Sam was, was also involved in those activities uh, with John. So I understand, like, the client-patient confidentiality is a thing, but... Well, I think after they're dead, it's okay. Well, no, no, no. But I mean, like, during... So while the guy was alive, some guy comes into your fucking office in North Dakota, I guess you might think he's just blown smoke but he says hey i'm friends with the son of sam and me and him do cult shit together on the weekends like you don't think you gotta tell somebody or call somebody i mean maybe maybe he was like maybe the guy's hallucinating um i'll be a schedule a follow-up appointment in three to six weeks and see how he's doing i don't know maybe 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 he was late to dinner date with his wife i don't know i personally think that the, the shrink should have asked some hard questions at that point. But I mean, maybe he thought he was crazy. The local PD, they believe that uh, John had killed himself under duress. Um, and I guess they, you know, so they believe that there's something, there's more to this. So they, they say that they forwarded this information on to New York uh, regarding John and that David was reportedly in the area, but New York just, they just didn't do anything about it. They just, shit canned it they didn't care anything about it so mari ends up he ends up returning to new york upon his return to new york he discovers that john carr's brother michael carr was killed in a suspicious car wreck and that there was evidence on the scene that a second car was involved but the official story yeah but the official story was that it was a possible suicide that he had driven him like he's going 90 miles per hour and ran into a telephone pole himself even though there was evidence that a second car was, was present because there was like tire tracks or something. There's skid marks that indicated he was run off the road. I mean, what, something, when there's smoke, there's fire, right? I mean, this is now yeah. starting, it's starting to get more compelling at this point. Um, hey, and this is, this is the point where I'm like, you know what, Terry? Your weird sex stuff, beyond that, you're doing a great job again, all right? <laughs> Clearly, you're on something here. Every time you look to, look to question somebody, they wind up dead. That's a pretty good indication. <laughs> something's going on probably on some kind of correct path uh so then mari ends up writing the story basically 
in the, he runs in the paper connecting David Berkowitz and the son of Sam Killings to the satanic cult and the occult, which he, he says basically lights the fuse and then the cult story, satanic panic. yeah, the cult story absolutely takes off so much so that the victims, families, some of the victims, shooting victims, families themselves give interviews where they believe that the cult satanic cults were involved and that episode two ends with the Queens district attorney coming out in support of this conspiracy theory that the son of Sam did not act alone and that this was a larger conspiracy involving the occult and they launched their own investigation. So that's, that's where we're at on the end of episode two. So at this, so at this point of, of this point of the documentary, we're halfway through the series. A couple questions for you. Number one, six inches, but it's, it's thick. Okay. Go ahead and remove that from the podcast, please. No, that, that's staying that was too much. Does it seem like to you, does it seem like this theory, his theory is holding water thus far? Like, are you buying well, yeah, into, I mean, are you buying into Mari's theory? Yes. At this point? Yes. Because the sketch looked exactly like John. Don't you fucking argue with me. I'm not in the mood. I, I will find, I will go back on Craigslist and find another podcast partner. All right. The, the, the sketch looks exactly like John. And then John disappears right after Berkowitz goes to jail. He drives out to fucking North Dakota. Why? Then he suicides himself in a very suspicious manner. So then the other guy that's clearly involved with Berkowitz, which would have been Michael, they go start questioning about him. He winds up dead too. Well, like you said, there's smoke, there's fire. These guys live close to each other. There's little tunnels right near them that led down to the park where there's a bunch of satanic shit. People said they saw people out in those parks hurting dogs and drinking blood and probably having orgies, mostly men, I'm assuming, because I, I'm guessing it's, I've never tried, but I'm assuming it's pretty difficult to round up a lot of women to engage in an orgy with you. So yeah, at this point I'm, I'm supporting Terry. I think uh, I'm team Terry all the way. All right. Yeah. I, at, at this point to me, I'm, I'm uh, skeptical, but I'm open-minded. There's enough. They're presenting enough in this documentary to definitely keep me interested. I'm definitely interested in what happens in episode three, episode four. I kind of want to see where this goes. I think that he's making some leaps. I think he's connecting some dots that are, is a stretch, but there are like the, 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 the deaths are super suspicious I, there's just there's parts of it that are it's very compelling but there's other parts that are to me is just like it's nonsense so i'd say i'm skeptical but i i am interested so i'm still open-minded i'm not like totally writing them off but i really think that he's gonna that they're gonna have to pull this together to really get me to believe up to this point or so far episodes one and two what do you think about this documentary so far like we're at we who's can't, the asian guy huh that's my question who's the asian guy from the sketches Where's he at? I'm telling you. What's, I, what's going on with the dog? Have it, has anybody done anything with the dog? Listen, if someone I, said, hey, your dog told me to kill a bunch of people. Listen, I don't care how much I like the dog. I'm putting him down. All right? I'm not dealing with that. I, I don't know, man. But so, so what, what, what do you think so far? Like, so, so far, what do you think of this documentary? What's your opinion of it thus far? Like, so far, as- I mean, I'm, in, I'm engaged. It's very engaging. Like you said, it's dense. There's, I mean... Guys, there are so many facts in these stories. It's hard to keep up. Like, if you miss a minute, you're you're going to be behind because Terry is all over the fucking place. I mean, he's 
he's finding he's pulling clues out of his ass and just running them down like crazy. Like I said, the guy the guy is an investigator at heart. I mean, I, I don't know if he you know I don't know maybe he is crazy, maybe he's just seeing things that don't exist. But the man is running running shit down like crazy. Yeah, it is. I I think dense is the best way to describe it. I mean, it's it is each episode's an hour and it it feels like an hour i mean it they the time does not go by quickly it they there's a lot of information they really it's get interesting it, it is it's very interesting. interesting yeah yeah. i'm not saying it, it's, it's very interesting it's definitely worth a roll definitely worth a watch um i i'm looking forward to watching episodes three and four so i, I mean I, I would definitely recommend it up to this point i recommend this documentary for sure this docuseries for sure but it is it is dense it is a lot of information like I said before, I think they go too much. They don't spend a ton of time on it, but I think they spend a little too much time on Maury's background. Again, I think that's just they're trying to give him like credentials to be making some of these points. Otherwise, it could just be some guy with a conspiracy theory that's just kind of screaming at the screaming who likes to make out at you know murder scenes. Yeah, who likes to scream at the clouds? Yeah. But um, every, every other, like, just like every other guy out there. So he, so, and I understand this documentary. Like if if just just clicking on it from Netflix and bam, son of Sam go, you think this is going to be like a documentary about the son of Sam when it is, but in reality, the documentary is about Maury's theory that more than one person's involved in the son of Sam killings. That's what this yeah, documentary actually, is about. Yeah. When it really comes down to it, Berkowitz, the guy that was arrested as the son of Sam really is kind of a minor player in all this. I mean, he's a major player, obviously, but like, as far as documentary goes, he doesn't get a lot of FaceTime because he doesn't want to talk to people. He doesn't want to tell anybody his story. It's just, it's all Maury being like, there's more to this than is what is, than what is being told to us. Mm-hmm. And episode two, I should say, so episode two leading to episode three, kind of, it's not a cliffhanger, but kind of where it leaves you is uh, with uh, an image of uh, Charlie, Charlie Manson uh, getting uh, arrested. Uh, so obviously, episode three i expect they're going to start linking this shit into the manson family stuff so we'll see where it goes with that again overall i recommend it definitely watch it and next week we're going to cover episodes three and four so any any other thoughts on episodes one or two as far as romantic comedy i rated at a three out of ten uh for the first two episodes uh, as far as the rating system goes uh we're doing one out of five beers Five beers being the most beers it would take for me to drink to watch it again. I'm gonna say a one beer. I'd, wa- I'd watch it again. I'd, I'd say zero beers. Yeah, I'd say I'd, because- I'd, I'd so sober for me. Zero beers. Mm-hmm. I watch this. Like I said, it's it's dense, but it's interesting. I mean, it's it is a very interesting documentary so far. I am enjoying it, so I definitely recommend yes. it. But so Great. so yeah. So so next week uh, we'll cover episodes three and four. Uh, if you haven't already, make sure you subscribe, rate, and review. Please, please, please make sure you share this with uh, your friends if you're enjoying it. Uh, if you're not enjoying it, then uh, keep it Email to yourself. Email us at cancelthispodcast no. at gmail.com. This is a real freaking email, it's, guys. It's, it's cancel the podcast, not this podcast. Cancel the podcast at gmail.com. It's yeah, a real is. email that we own. Yeah, that is our email. Right? That is our email for the podcast. Suggestions. Uh, requests, whatever, hate mail, love mail, all goes there. Like I said, it's super important. You guys share some friends. Uh, that's that's how we're going to get uh, get rolling with this thing. So, uh, yeah, Matt, as always, it's been a blast, and uh, we'll catch you guys next week. Bye.
right, later.